Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very hey. special episode. Hey, hey! The only reason I'm in charge this episode is because Casey Racer is our featured author. Shameless self-promotion. Everything I do is a shameless self-promotion on this podcast. Listen to me! Love me! <laughs> well, not this podcast, but the other ones. So... So, yay! Welcome to a very special episode. Uh, this is our first featured author episode, and I felt it fitting as the producer of this show that our first featured author be Casey Racer herself. Not only because she's an author, but because she's a good one, <laughs> and also because her authorship is, is what really led us to this podcast. I mean, um, not only because it simply exists, but because I discovered that about her and immediately ordered her book and immediately sent her book to my 12-year-old cousin. What's up, Lexi? Woo-woo! Hey, Lexi, hey. I love you. Number one um, fan. <laughs> number one fan. And uh, and when Le uh, Lexi, when Casey and I were discussing this podcast, um, I reached out to Lexi for book recommendations. Lexi didn't know who I was doing the podcast with but she put Casey's book at the top of her list. <laughs> so it was a really special moment. And um, yeah, it's, everything's been kind of kismet. You know, it's been coming together really, really well. So when we do these author episodes, basically you're gonna hear an interview first and then we're gonna do our usual thing, discussing the book. Other times it's gonna be a different author. So you'll hear Casey interviewing that author or Casey and myself or whomever. Um, but since Casey is the author, I'm taking on the role as host this time um, so that I can ask her some questions and get and just kind of um, get help the audience get to know her better as a writer. And I personally have some questions um, based on reading her first book, The Middle of Nowhere. Um, I mean, I mostly have comments, which will come out during the second portion of this episode, because it's fabulous and you should all read it um but i have like questions here and there mostly about the inspiration for a lot of it so whatever you're open to casey i'm just gonna start here <laughs> if that's cool it. just uh yeah so first of all asa the character in your book discovered drawing early on because it was it was a cheap thing to do it was something she could hold on to even though she moved a lot i'm wondering is that kind of you with writing yeah definitely um i also moved around a lot as a child i was an army brat so a lot of that inspiration um is from my early days and you know writing you can just pick up a notebook and write i actually have mm -hmm. just been going through all of my old notebooks recently that yeah. i've learned from I've looked them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've looked them everywhere through all my apartments and everything. And um, yeah, it was just it was just a nice way to kind of release my feelings and write stupid things about me and who I wanted to be and who mm -hmm. how I especially reading a lot of YA books as a kid, like I wanted my life to be like those books. Yes. So yes. I could I could write my Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You kind of created a, a reality of your own and worked yourself exactly. into it, which is poignant because in the book, that's kind of what Ace is doing with her art. Mm -hmm. She's observing the world around her. She's drawing the things that she wants to be a part of. And she never thinks to insert herself. 
but you did. And so yeah. that, that <laughs> explains the, that parallel there. Um, I'm spoiling a little bit of the rest of this episode, but Casey and I are going to have a segment called who would you cast or a uh, casting call? Like, cause I, uh, I do it now, but I especially did it when I was younger with YA books. I, I always imagined real people as mm -hmm. the characters, whether they were celebrities or just like people at my high school, it, I kind of couldn't help it. Um, and for me, like, it just helps me keep a picture in my head instead of it all being kind of fuzzy, especially when it's a really great book with a lot of characters, which yours is, you know? Yeah. Um, and the only thing I'm going to spoil is there's no celebrity for Asa. Asa's you. It's just young Casey. <laughs> so I don't know well, if that's your intention. Little, I know you're... Yeah. That's that leads into my next question. Do you feel like Asa and Evie are two halves of your personality? Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. Um, or more like Evie is who I always strive to be more like, and I just could, I I just was never that person who could get the good grades. I was very average in school. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be a person who could break up with a boy that I didn't like mm -hmm. or that, that I, th that I thought that I should move on from like, yeah, spoiler alert, she does, but um, yeah, she definitely does. And also, that's a, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting choice by a teenage girl. And I, yeah, I'm interested to hear more about where that came from. Um, also I have actually been writing this, this book for, I don't know, 16, 17 years just different um iterations Create, of it yeah, creating right. it over and, and over evie again. was totally always the, evie was always the main character but she had a little bit of asa and evie in her and it, oh. i kind of kept just trying to write it and write it and it never made sense because they are two different people yeah um you so i just split them in half people apart <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so I just that's really interesting yeah like they already existed as characters. It's not like you were creating mm -hmm. it. They already existed, but yes. they were too closely intertwined and you had to discover yourself like almost scientifically that they were two different people, yes. which I think is really poignant too, because I know that when I was in high school, I sure definitely felt like at least two people, if not more, right. um, because you're trying hard. to be, yeah, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to be a person, certain person for your parents. You're trying to be a certain person for your mm -hmm. friends. And, and exactly. then who are you for yourself? Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the time I had so many different um, people that I was like that were being pulled for me, like even at my job at uh, mm. when I dated boys from other schools my yeah. friends from other schools, all these different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely sense that there's a lot of autobiography in this story, but at the same time, I, I know you well enough to know that much of it is not. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's really, really, really impressive to me the way you write about certain things. So I do have a question. Um, mm -hmm. We will get into it more when we discuss, but did you have you experienced an being in an abusive relationship or like a manipulative relationship like verbally abusive is what i would cat categorize evie's relationship as very controlling mm -hmm. and manipulative and, and, and verbally abusive and uh emotionally abusive um so i was just curious if that came from a personal experience or if you just wanted to speak to that uh yeah no that that came from 
directly plucked from my teenage life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that yeah. was, I related a lot I, to that. <laughs> right. I really wanted to portray a relationship that wasn't always great. And you were kind of like, wait, is it bad? Is it good? Because that's how I felt in a lot of my relationship. Yeah. I liked I that like you did that. You were heavy handed. I felt yeah. that you were not heavy handed with that. You but know, I, and I appreciate I, it was a lot more subtle. And then <laughs> I actually had mm-hmm. some people read it and they were like, oh, Riley and Evie are so cute. And I was like, oh, no, no. back yeah. to the drawing you needed board. To be a- I didn't want to I didn't want to glamorize that type of relationship. Oh, 100 uh, percent. And it reminds me of I'm sure you read it whenever, you know, because we're Sarah Dessen heads. But you remember Dreamland? Yeah, Dreamland where she has that- an abusive partner. Dreamland is yes I I read that in the midst of my own relationship like that and I I didn't even connect the two like honestly until years later when I reread it and I was like this Mm -hmm. is my relationship I didn't connect yeah I that's so interesting I felt really I related to the character in Dreamland so much but I didn't have the the oversight to understand even why until I was an adult. Right. Yeah. I totally get that. That's yeah. Well, especially I think because when we, when we but, were young, um, like the whole like verbally abusive thing wasn't really talked about as much. It was a joke on sitcoms. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, you're and it was like, you're, and I, I never even kitchen. realized that I wasn't, yes. I was in an abusive relationship until a couple years ago, you know? Well, I think you wrote it really well. Um, I have a lot of notes <laughs> that's just like, whoa, red flags, manipulative language, like the way that you wrote it, the way that you even wrote Evie's thoughts, like she didn't even realize that she was thinking about his smile as something he puts on his face. It's like a costume. Like, I just thought it was really well written. And and as somebody, you know, who has also survived different types of abuse, I related to it 100%. None of it felt handy handed, heavy handed, and I totally understood where Evie was coming from. So kudos yeah Yeah, you're so welcome um just to be clear casey's not saying she's in an abusive relationship now she means that she didn't realize experience that that in my past yeah sometimes you can be out of something for a long time until you realize what it really was right um yes but no casey has an amazing husband who just spent a long time helping her get her headphones to work so yay we all love ryan ryan is the best <laughs> i just i just didn't want any um mis- misunderstandings for sure, there for sure yeah, we're both survivors and we're both big advocates for advocating <laughs> self-advocating <laughs> hey i don't think this feels good this doesn't feel good mm-hmm. why is this I should question it, right? I should yeah, question exactly. things that don't feel good. And I love that your characters do that. It's not, I mean, there's moments where you're frustrated and you can see them hiding, you know, behind their defense mechanisms and their pain because they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. what I love, what I love about your book is there's nothing syrupy about it, but these characters find their own empowerment independently. They help each other, but they figure it out independently. And not because of boys. Boys don't do that for them. Mm-hmm. No. So I just honestly, like I could go, I will go on <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about the book itself, but I, these aren't even questions. I just, I guess I'm just very impressed. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. expect anything less, but I'll tell you something. <sighs> I feel like I got stuck in an audio book 
thing because I think lately I've just been so reliant on 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 um stimuli to distract me and something about reading felt like more emotional and more personal like mm -hmm. but I sat and I read your book you know hours at a time and I was like I'm missing this like this is something I've been missing in my life like young adult or not like but quite frankly, love the young adult of it all. But yeah, I, 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 it brought me back. I think that I went into writing it like that because I, I mean, I feel like contemporary young adult fiction has become less pop, way less popular. You know, there's mm -hmm. just fantasy and dystopian and all know, of these things, yeah. um, which you know are great. And I've like, I've read some great books, but my favorite books as you said, like Sarah Dessen books, realistic fiction. <laughs> yes. Just, you know, when, books where I'm like, I, yes. I know how this is and I feel this. I so feel deeply. this. Well, and that's why what I love the crossovers between fantasy, like Harry Potter, where I can relate mm -hmm. to the characters. Yeah. They have magical powers, but like their problems still are, they mm -hmm. still problems still be problems. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um you know i love sabrina the teenage witch growing up uh, you can add some magical elements in there but at the end of the day i really just want to be paying attention to these important emotional interactions or in yeah. discoveries Very char character driven stories yeah, absolutely character driven stories and wow lots of characters and we'll get into that so i do um one of my questions that's kind of the more specific ones is uh did you have like an example in mind of a of a person when you wrote certain characters like for instance um Ilana like or was that just like someone that you created um I mean I I pretty much just created them um wow that's impressive you, yeah right I mean I I'm one of those people who creates like so much backstory for these characters that like you will never see or maybe you will who knows i might write a book well but um that's why it's so consistent i think right because they're real people to you mm -hmm. I mean, there's yeah, no like continuity I, I lived errors. and breathed these people for guys so i looked long. i checked there's no continuity errors <laughs> not even the whole i'm older than you thing but it's like by a month you know yeah um i loved that <laughs> by the way it was i know i i feel like little things like that are so like teenage like oh 100 you know, yeah twins are even my friends it. and i would be like well i'm a month older than you it's like i'm yeah. clueless <laughs> oh girl i am let's see february march april may june july august i'm nine months older than kyler okay he graduated a year after me we may have been born in 88 baby but i'm older i don't ever, i don't ever brag about it but it's tr it's a fact <laughs> It's like something fun to throw in their face. <laughs> yeah. This morning, like this morning when um, he's like, I thought I saw a spider, um, but I can't find it now. And I think it went onto your clothes. And I was like, that's okay. I'm not afraid of them. That's just you. <laughs> and he's like, you jerk. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> it's true, though. It's I'm not scared of spiders. I don't kill spiders because I am my mother's daughter and I save them. But uh, whatever. I digress. <laughs> um awesome so i f i definitely am gonna have a lot of book-based questions but for for now so we round out our interview um i mean later when we talk about the book i'll have book-based questions for sure because how often do you get to talk to the author of a book you just read um 
and ask questions like, what did you mean by that? Um, mm -hmm. But uh, for, to round out this interview, I think I would just love to know, um, you kind of just already got into it, but what are some of your favorite YA novels? And what, so that's the first question. And then part B is what do you hope to impart most to your audience? Like, what do you want them to walk away from the book with? So two-parter, all you. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on a lot of series from the 80s and 90s. I feel like my my mom really just used to check out lots of like Speed Valley High, Babysitter's Club books for me. I love those series. I love them well into oh, yeah. my 30s. <laughs> oh, and it's another thing we've bonded on, the, the Babysitter's right. Club Club, a great podcast mm -hmm. that you all should listen to if you are allowed, because it is not appropriate for children. There's swears, guys. Rated There's swears. M for... It's rated M for mature. <laughs> so, But anyways, it's a great podcast. So if you're an adult um, listening, go check it out. Yes. But I like I like I keep on saying I read so much Sarah Dessen oh, as a teenager. My whole life. <laughs> right. And I just, my life. I, I feel like there wasn't even any specific authors other than that, except for um that's so similar to me. Louise Renison, I think that's her name, who wrote oh. uh, Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Stalking, oh, which I was that was absolutely a great obsessed series. with yeah. all those books. Uh <laughs> the slang, the you know, the the fact Snow that there was like a glossary so you could know the that. words. Yeah. So, um but other than that, like my mom like I said, my mom would just pick out um books for me and then later I would go and pick out books for myself. Yeah, same. We weren't really a lot of like book buyers, but I do have uh like Sioux Valley High books from when I was a kid. Sioux Valley yeah, we were kids big books. library people for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I love the library. I always support your library. Oh, me too. Yes. I I absolutely always loved going to the library the old library in Gilroy it's not there anymore they have a new one it's beautiful and it's great but the old one I liked because there was this they had these big bronze statues of these overweight I guess black women I mean that's at least how they appeared sitting and reading outside which seemed random for this like central California or northern California town in the South Bay like I don't know really who built them or what they were dedicated to, but I freaking loved them, man. I would just hang out on those statues. We'd climb the statues. We'd go get our books, and then you'd sit. There was like a little nook you could sit in if no one was taking it, and then read your books. It was the best. The library is the best. I have nothing but the love best. for the library. And I also remember um, the the you know the children's librarian and the story times mm -hmm. and I, the American Girl catalog yes, or not catalog the American, American Girl catalog and magazine did you ever read the magazine american girl yes. which was like crafts and stuff oh my from, god i yes. was i used to uh, you know borrow oh, magazines from the obsessed. library too same i love that oh and then the the bailey school kids which we're gonna which we already mm -hmm. talked about um and we'll talk about again obviously um that's the the library had those that's how i got mm -hmm. to read those i was obsessed with i could i could draw you i could make a police sketch of how to find those <laughs> books in this library that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> i yeah i i remember walking in and they had those um 
tall like spinny things where there's like four books on each little oh little, yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. i don't even know how to describe the, it but the I, featured i want one of those poles. still just to store my books on. i like remember oh my gosh books, like, i bet i could I, I bet i know where to get one because 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 i started ordering merch materials and stuff like that i get all these catalogs for like literally <laughs> anything you could need for any industry so we'll make it happen casey how about on our one grand anniversary of this podcast I'm buying you one of those with the (laughs) profits from this podcast. Everybody, hey, be a listener, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. We love you. Um, Okay, so I guess all that remains is the second part of that question and what we'll leave off on. And what do you want to impart to your readers? It can be specific or non-specific, really. Any any feeling, any idea? Um, I guess... What I really wrote these books to say was that um, you're not alone, <laughs> which is really that. cheesy, but like it's, no, it's true. You're not it's alone. Not, it's there not are people that care about you. Yeah, right. Sorry, cutting you off. And you don't have to, you know, block yourself off in the world. I know that I do that so much. I mean, you're when you're a teenager, you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just think that like nobody cares about you, but it's not true. And just because, you know, your parents aren't always great or, but it doesn't mean you're not you wrong. A, yeah. You have a crappy boyfriend. About. Doesn't mean yeah. you don't have other people that will take that place. The very found family. I was kind of aiming for a found family feel yeah. um, with not only how, um, you Take know, a chance on Asa staying with her aunt and cousins, mm-hmm. but also all their friends and how much she learns that she can fit in with them. I, I think I just want more. I, I want people to be more open to that kind of thing. On that note, I think one of the most beautiful things about your book, the first one, I haven't read the second one yet, but I'm going to start it as soon as we're done. Um, <laughs> is that Asa is the one who teaches Evie, how to get back in with the friends. Asa is the social one. She's she's like, why would you turn this away? You know? And Mm -hmm. Evie looks at it and goes, I don't know. I mean, we all mess up when we're young. Like how many of us wanted, had this idea in our head that was like, no, this is what my life trajectory is going to be. And Evie's obviously had her own trauma, which we'll get into. But I loved that Evie wasn't like, here, Asa, here's how you make friends. It was actually Asa came in, genuinely made friends. And Evie was like, wait a minute, my priorities. <laughs> mm, so found family. Absolutely. I mean, they are family, but they don't have to be really, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't know each other for years. They didn't have a bond. No. Right. If anything, they had sort of an antithesis going on because of this mm-hmm. like pressure to be bonded when they're each like, you don't get me, you know, which is such a yeah. teenage thing. And like, honestly, I feel that way sometimes as an adult too. I'm just like, you don't know mm-hmm. anything about me. You don't know right. anything about what I've struggled through just because I'm white and blonde and I am a teacher and I smile and I'm a therapist and I help people. You don't actually know that I'm a mess. of <laughs> 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 But you know, they're at the end of the day, yes. they're friends, they're best friends. Well, it's so fun. Yes. And it, it was so funny because you and I were, I was just talking to you about this is like, I'm working with my students on the phrase, you're not my friend anymore is meaningless because the fact that you're able to fight this way means you're friends. <laughs> so <laughs> move on from that language, buddy. <laughs> we need a new phrase. Like I'm mad at you or 
knock it off. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to be around you. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, it's universal. hundred percent for gen for regardless of gender or age, but it definitely hits home for teen girls. Absolutely. Um, and as we get into the story, we're going to just issue a content warning. This isn't for like little kids. Um, it's as Lexi said, it's more mature, but she could handle it. <laughs> um, it does, as Ira Glass would say on This American Life, it acknowledges the existence of sex and alcohol, but I wouldn't issue trigger warnings for those things, except there's one trigger warning for a creep. So like a possible assault, but I'll leave it at that. Um, and we're going to get into the book. All right. Thank you, Casey, for that amazing interview. And now for the part that I'm so excited about, uh, not that I wasn't excited to interview you, but I'm so thrilled to talk about the book. I loved it. I loved it. And everybody out there, if you haven't had a chance to read it, we are going to be listing some copies in our store. So please check on that. Um, otherwise, you can go straight to Amazon.com mm -hmm. and order Casey's book. It's called Go ahead, Casey. Just say uh, all the details. It's called Middle of Nowhere. It's actually on Kindle Unlimited, too. So if you have that, yes. you can read it for free. That's how I read it. Yeah. It's Amazing. Great. So it's free, you guys. Go to Kindle. Middle of Nowhere by Casey Racer. They don't need to know anything else, right? I don't think so. Okay, great. Um, wonderful. So why don't we get started? We'll talk about how I look. Should we talk about how I look? <laughs> Yes, we should. <laughs> Only because I junior hide it up or high school it up, I guess, uh, for this episode. I did my hair like I used to back in the day, except it's much longer now and, and healthier. So it's even cuter with this like top knot bun and then two little braids and the, I'll post pictures. And then I was telling Casey, I did my makeup as though I had the abilities of Asa, who's very good at doing makeup um back then which i didn't but uh this is what i would look like if i'd had those abilities in there i got like the glow milk all over my face i have the the winged tip eye the red lip it's i'm very glowy and lastly i am wearing one of our pins i have our uh i heart ya round pin on not to be confused with our i heart ya badge pin which is magnetic and it looks like a real band-aid and it's so cool it's um, so I'm also, cute. yeah i'm also wearing the wristband that says ya is my bff because it's true and on the other side it's so cute it says at to all the ya which is our instagram so you'll never forget us oh. um ah so without with that put with that said uh let's get into it casey so i have tons of notes <laughs> <laughs> so since and I have them all up in my head. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a couple questions. So I'm thinking last time we started with the, the characters, correct? Mm -hmm. Like, which character are you? Yep. Um, is that something you wanted to start with again? Or do you want to save that for the end? When we've talked uh, about it all? We could talk about the characters. Just kind of give a rundown. Kind of, yep. Sure. Okay. So I told you that when I was reading this book, I... I mean, I gathered and we just talked about it that that Ace, Asa and Evie are both kind of parts of you or what you wanted to be or who mm -hmm. you imagined yourself to be. I pictured 
Asa as you the entire time. So why don't we start with Asa? Okay. Okay. Tell me about Asa. Okay. So Asa is a artsy, pink-haired girl, 17-year-old girl. It's, it's weird describing my own fucking... Yeah, I no, now, it's like, okay. I can help you words. out. But, um, she's, yes, yeah, artistic. Go. She's artistic. Yeah. She's incredibly emotionally strong, but has had a lot of trauma and mm-hmm. really tries to kind of keep to herself, keep herself, keep her heart safe because, yes. unfortunately circumstances of her life are living with a mom who really isn't a mom and had her young and kind of just drags her around really yeah. and and doesn't treat her like a child treats her like hey you're my buddy you know you just gotta buddy, do what or I do. she acts like them she has to act like the mom yeah or she's the parent absolutely yeah. and that's I, I feel that i think you wrote that very well um yeah. it was a really good depiction and I loved that Asa wasn't just like bitter all the time. She was just trying to work with what she had, you know, mm-hmm. which is like fair because a lot of times I feel that teenagers are portrayed as bitter and rude and snarly only, but mm-hmm. they, it's like, oh, teenagers, you know, but we don't get to the, the, it's actually, there's so much pain and struggling going on, especially for someone like Asa. And when you're a teenager, that's when all these responsibilities fall onto your lap and you're like, excuse me, what? Like, I'm and just trying to be. Yeah, go ahead. They no, and then people give you all of these responsibilities, but then they treat you like a child still. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 a lose-lose situation it feels like unless you have a certain type of parent, I guess. Um and we all had our own struggles. Asa, I think, well, Evie has many as well. Asa has a childhood full of trauma. Evie has a childhood full of trauma because yep of her parents uh you know fighting constantly and then her father just abandoning the family yeah and seeming not to look back which uh, sadly is something that happens a lot um so yeah ace and evie the the cousins actually i have a a passage here that i find very poignant if you don't mind me reading it please so this is from page 16 um chapter 3 page 16 asa says she's thinking about evie and how she doesn't even really know her um, but at the beginning, the whole grand plan was they were going to be best friends. So obviously, Ace's mom had her before she even graduated high school. Um, so I just have to uh, say that before I read this. Okay, quote, they dressed us in matching outfits, they being the two moms, um, Tali, Tali, which is Evie's mom, and Tally, is it Tally or Tally? Hey. Uh, it's Natalia, but they call her Tally or Talia. Tally. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought, Talia. Tally, and then Ilana, who is her Tally's sister, Ace's mother. So the mm-hmm. two aunts uh, dressed us in matching outfits and told us we would be best friends, just like them. Then my aunt got married, and my mom dropped out of high school and followed my dad off to California, convinced that he would make it big with his music. And, like, that's where their story just kind of <laughs> split. Mm-hmm. And Ace's mom never goes back really to that place until 17 16 years yeah which is wild um to have this family out there that because i always feel this way because the word cousin to me doesn't connote closeness Mm -hmm. naturally because i was never close with my cousins growing up i am close with some of them now um but they were older than me there was a lot of family dysfunction and it was sort of like 
I don't know, just my, there's a lot of dysfunction in my mom's family. And on my dad's side, I didn't have any cousins. Uh, I think I had one, but I think I've met him once. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but to have a cousin that it's like, you're my cousin, like, that's like, you're my sibling. It could go either way. I mean, I'm sure people, there's people out there that feel that way about brothers and sisters that didn't have a good experience. Yeah. Um, like, um, like I have my cousin on my dad's side, um, is my sister's age, three years older than me. Um, so we all grew up like pretty much like uh-huh. inseparable whenever we were together, but we also didn't live in the same Near. state ever. Yeah. yeah. Not, none of mine did either. And to be frank, like I am getting to know some of my cousins for real now that I'm an adult because they were adults or almost adults when I was little. So they, oh, okay. yeah. they remember me as little Sarah. Like I'm the youngest oh. of all yeah. of my mom's siblings, kids, all of them. And so like my oldest cousin is, in her 50s oh okay so, yeah um and well actually i would have an older cousin but she passed away when i was 15. uh lots of not great stuff so um there's also a lot of there's a, a lot of trauma trauma and abuse uh substance abuse in my ex- extended family and that affected that a lot so cousins was always kind of a dubious one until um my cousin who is you know old enough to be my mom had uh her children when i was a teenager and i really then became really close to that family and i took care of those boys you know so and that was at my peak ya reading <laughs> time <laughs> so a lot of this will bring me back to those years being 15 i think 15 was probably my hardest year in high school junior high so mm-hmm. um anyway i'm i'm off track so those are the main characters the main four i would say aside from the romantic interests of mm-hmm. course um and then we can get into the other characters as we go i think yeah it's probably the best plan um because they're going to come up based on their significance so looking for a tissue and i don't have one so much like in high school I'm using my sleeve okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well obviously we'll get into crush scale later after we establish the boys um and girls but in this case the two Mostly main characters yeah. are heteros hetero but which is fine so am i um but it's not yeah oh i actually is felicity meant to be straight or is that no no felicity dis- is a lesbian okay that's what i thought mm-hmm. um okay love the diversity babe okay so i i created a few segments from reading this one of them is LMAO because <laughs> and it's laughable moments rated by emojis. So we're going to go like down the list of how many crying, laughing emojis I gave each of these moments. <laughs> That's how I'm going to rank them. Um, and another one that I added, because I don't know about everybody out there, but ever since I was, you know, the YA demographic junior high and high school, I always not every single character, but I often assigned a celebrity or someone I knew as that person or someone that even just like went to my high school, it's just their face like that I didn't even know, but in, now I hate them because they played the boyfriend in Dreamworld by Sarah Desson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so funny, my mom's friend's son, he's like, I'm, I don't even know, he's like a missionary or something, he's like the best person ever, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so what I wanted to do was talk about who I casted in my head and see if you had any kind of comparisons or if you're like, whoa, no way. And I'd like to keep continue doing that when we do books that, that aren't movies because I just always do that. And it's something really fun yeah, for me. Yeah, definitely. It was a good, it was a helpful tool for me, I guess, imagining it. 
getting into the story. Um, yeah. So where do you want to start? There's so many things to do. Uh, we have, oh, there's a lot of mom madness moments. I, I would love to do obviously the plot summary. So oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to let you do that because you wrote the book. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh, I already kicked us off. Asa, that's so, the background. So we know yeah, their background. Definitely. Um, so welcome to in a nutshell asa's mother uh, picks up and leaves with her in the middle of the night um she's about ready to divorce her third husband and asa's used to this by now but she's getting really sick of it so they head off to the midwest a a small town in the midwest no particular state at all but i like that i like that you didn't bother trying with that continuity because what's the point (laughs) right Um, and it's you know it's a made-up place it's meant to be universal too it's (laughs) meant to be universal if you write a book about someone really it's fine if it's specific Mm -hmm. but you i could put myself there because i i was picturing you know my high school like that's just where my mind went i didn't grow up in the midwest but that doesn't matter you know, you still, you can transport yourself there. Um, and they arrive in Briar. I like Midwest. that name too. Sorry, Thank I'm going to keep interjecting. <laughs> uh, I love when you did this and this and this. Okay, sorry, go um, ahead. In the middle of the night to Asa's aunt's house. Uh, Asa's mom hasn't been to her hometown in years, as we said. Yeah, they um, totally bailed after they- dropping out of high school right and she doesn't even tell um tally that they're coming and that's that's a real indicator of her character right yes. away um that she is pretty much a narcissist right and <laughs> which is ta- something that's relatable i think to a lot of people even if it's not apparent those behaviors from others it's, you start yes, to learn definitely. when you're a teenager you're like wait a minute not all people There's are so, something's not right here uh-huh uh, and so there we meet Evie, which is Tally's daughter. They're the same age, only a month apart. And she is really smart, really driven. She takes classes at um, a local university, and that's where she meets Riley, <sighs> who takes an interest in her. And she real falls for nice, him. nice guy at first, like oh, nice. Nice sensitive. That's yeah, shy. exactly. Well, not he's, shy, you know, he's a soccer player. He's he's driven too. She she's a little apprehensive at first because she actually had just dumped her first longtime boyfriend not too many months before. Her um, best friend moved to Florida, so she and she ditched all of her old friends because she just kind of felt like lost. Yeah, I, I was. I'm curious about that choice for you but we'll get it i'll ask later um Mm -hmm. i liked it i liked that it was sort of a running i had to come to terms to understand i had to understand evie enough to understand why she would have done that Mm -hmm. and i did by the end of the book i felt that i did and i liked that it wasn't heavy-handed it wasn't like oh it's divorce and then i changed you actually didn't present it that way at all so it took me a while to be like oh she's so worried about so many different things and she feels like so abandoned she she can't possibly be the same person anymore so how could she hang out with all the same friends yeah it's like yep. it's like it's like a death happened so and she she's kind of trying she wants to, to get out 
right? She wants to get out and she just thinks that the way to do that is by not making any more connections, which is kind yeah. of how Asa has similar been. to Asa. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Asa gets there, you know, they're kind of at odds at first. They're in a tiny living quarter. They have to, <laughs> they're you know, living in to my closet along. together. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and Evie starts hanging out a lot with Riley. So Ace is really left up to her own devices anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And she automatically, when she starts school, she, she feels so dumb because the school isn't like any others where she's been to where, you know, the teachers actually care. Cause she's always like been in very big schools, big mm-hmm. cities. Um, so she is already really behind in math and she's yeah. already a year behind in math. So she's freaking out, but they, they assign her a tutor <laughs> hashtag relatable. relatable i thought i thought i would never graduate high school because of math literally me <laughs> yes, exactly. amen i mean obviously you and i are have very much in common so mm-hmm. clearly i was gonna love this book i mean but yeah i'm gonna sc- i'll gush later go ahead <laughs> um they start hanging out and neary hangs out with ben Evie's Neary, ex-boyfriend. Neary the tutor, yeah. Neary, yes. Sorry, Neary. Um, he hangs out with Ben. The best guy ever. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a little Ben fan? I like that. No, uh, Neary, Neary. Oh, Neary, yes. I, mean, I, I like Ben. Neary but, too. Neary's but I love sweet. Neary. Ben's fine. Ben's a good dude. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to date him. I just want to be no, friends with him. <laughs> he seems like a li- like his obsession with music, I would that would annoy me. Yeah. I've had boyfriends little, like that and I don't right. I just don't want it anymore. Me too. He's a little bit of that kind of like indie guy he's who too, like he's is like, like a oh. hipster. He's a little hipster. Right. He is a hipster, yeah. you know. Not but into it. He and they, I'm sorry. Ahead, so, no, I liked go. that <laughs> you didn't make him a jerk though. Because she didn't break up with him because he was a jerk. No, and she, I hate that trope she broke up with him because of her own issues yeah trope patrol here not in this book because i honestly none no tropes you didn't do that i i just i I admire that thank you you're welcome (laughs) i like to use tropes sometimes but like play around with them so it's not always like very obvious yeah i guess everything it's you know joseph campbell right every book is the journey but um i guess you th- you don't use these obvious like lifetime movie tactics where i'm like oh right. gee are they gonna fall in love yeah you know? yeah <laughs> oh well and of course no, they're gonna break oh, up my least favorite thing instant love like twilight no, oh thank you. <laughs> yeah yeah agreed yeah and then they're like gonna die for each other it's like ugh. it's it's, yeah. like, it's like it's like megan fox and what's his name machine gun Kelly. Machine Kelly yes. Kelly. they are like twilight rl yeah and it's like I, you guys how, why are you so intense that's literally how i described their relationship i said they they're 17 years old and they've just <laughs> discovered love there's their love <laughs> like yeah they, they haven't been in love before love. Yeah. apparently or they haven't felt yeah. bad before i don't really know what it is i, I mean it's it completely it. possible that she, she hadn't experienced a certain type of uh, I won't. I don't want to say love, but I want to say infatuation mm-hmm. before. Definitely. Uh, but at the, mm, <laughs> red flags, guys. Red flags. So many. Um, so we also meet Felicity, who is a friend of Evie's, who sits with her at lunch because Evie has ditched all of her old friends, and um, sh- and Evie lets it out that she was invited to a, a she's been invited to a college party by Riley. And Ace and Felicity are like, we're coming along. 
because there's nothing else to do. Asa's bored. She and they're like, anybody. don't go back there by yourself. Like, don't be dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is a good, I mean, Asa throughout this book is uh, quite responsible. <laughs> like, because she's had to be. She's had to be. Yeah. Even though she like drinks sometimes, which mm-hmm. we're not promoting it, you guys, but it happens. And I'll, I'll put a content warning before for drinking mm-hmm. and, uh, um abuse abuse yes thank you yeah. <laughs> like what was the other thing yeah <laughs> uh but don't worry but it happened the thing about it is when you are that's why it these things are in these books it, it's and it's in your book is because it there's alcohol comes up whether you drink or not in mm-hmm. high school it comes and they, up they live and in so a small sex. town that's such small town yeah. culture nothing else to do right um well in a frat so, party i mean pff. right right so they go to this party and automatically evie goes and meets riley and he kind of throws up some red flags right away oh i have yeah i do have a the anti-crush segment i have a lot of red flags i similarly to the emojis we're gonna rate rate the flags because there were some times when i was just like (laughs) i'm like laying in bed reading the book on my phone right (laughs) and then i gotta click i make a note and then it turns the wrong way so i gotta sit up and like put a note and then lay back down you're working so hard i love this book and (laughs) and i but i had to put notes so i would remember which segment and so i stopped writing words and just used emojis which i kind of love that's great um so (laughs) and it's come on this is a yi podcast and gen z what do they use to communicate or gen gen a even and millennials and us (laughs) i've told you my anecdote about standing in line okay I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm going to tell it to you now. I went to Coachella before it was uh, the what it is now. Before it was like girls just trying to look hot um, and do drugs. It was when it was more like a grungy, like it was a musical festival. It was more like Outside Lands uh, or something like that. I don't know if you know what that is or Live Aid. I don't know. Um, And but therefore it was also kind of sucky because it was like really hot and miserable. But I have a lot of stories from it, but I was only 16 when I went. And um, so this was in 2000 and I can do math. I turned 12 in 2000. So six, 2000, no, I couldn't have been, <laughs> I just, I'm so smart. Okay, uh, 2012 plus four, 2004, <laughs> we got there. We did it, we got there. Guys, I'm 34. Okay, or I will be it <laughs> in like two weeks. Um, uh, okay. So I was at Coachella and it was at the very end and there was a whole big thing. Like my sister and I lost each other and cell phones didn't work cause they aren't what they were to, they weren't what they are today. Like we were literally like, we're going to die here. Like it, we didn't know what to do. It's huge. And it, it was like 113 degrees. We miraculously found each other at the main stage. But anyways, that's another story for another time. At the end, I was like, this was a nightmare and I hadn't thought the whole thing was like a nightmare and I hadn't thought to get merch, but I was like, well, I want merch because the Pixies played. That's why my sister got the tickets for me is because it was our two favorite bands, Radiohead and the Pixies. Hers is Radiohead. Mine was the Pixies and um, still a huge fan, but I wouldn't say they're my favorite right now. Uh, so I did get my shirt, rocked that thing. I totally retrofitted that to be cute. Oh, I wore it all through high school. It's amazing. Um, but when I was standing in line for merch, there were these guys in front of us that were like maybe 20. And I remember I'm 16, so they're not millennial. I think they were like Gen X. And they were they were like, dude, this new thing, this like 
text message thing. Like, so stupid. Like, if I have something to say, I'm just going to, like, call you. <laughs> and I was like, that is the least hot take I've ever heard in my life. Even at the time. I'm like, <laughs> you haven't, you don't realize. No, in 2004, we were all texting, like, so wild. Like, yeah. I remember that. I mean, T9. it cost money. And yeah. so parents be mad. I know. Now, I racked up quite a few. I got in those. a lot of trouble. <laughs> I had to spend my babysitting money on text messages yes. for sure but you know what it was worth it because i had to text the boy okay <laughs> and minutes oh and minutes but they were free after 9 p.m yeah so you know what i used to do <laughs> god i had so many tricks i wasn't supposed to be on the phone for more than an hour so what i would do is before i had a cell phone i would use the home phone and you know the big blocky home phone and there you know how there was that flash button for if you had call waiting mm -hmm. so we didn't have call waiting but i would be talking to my boyfriend and every time it hit around 15 minutes i would hit the flash button because it would reset the clock so you couldn't because my mom had a thing of being like show me the phone show me the phone because it would tell you how long you've been talking show me the phone you know it didn't save it or anything it's just you look at it so i knew if she did that it would only have like two minutes on it What's she gonna do? She didn't know about the flash button, so sorry, mom. That was Millennial old life hacks, hundred percent. Um, and then when I had a cell phone, I just called after nine because that was when it was free, and she would never know. And she used to go to bed early, so okay. Why I took that over? Um, so yeah, so they 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 um they go to this party, and this part was a twist for me. Um, it wasn't a twist to me that that Riley threw up red flags so much, but it was a major twist to me because I saw this as like, oh, they're all best friends now, woo-hoo, girls, party, 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 but no, <laughs> it's not. This actually causes more conflict than anything else because Asa gets like blown off, like she gets abandoned basically. Not cool. Ah. And this is where I start to realize, okay, Evie's a little selfish, like mm, at times, yeah. which is good because characters yeah. need flaws, um, but Asa gets stuck there which ends up being a good thing because who does she call? Miri. She calls the, the only person she knows other than Evie. Miri with his little halo right here. <laughs> right above his uh, head. Yeah, he um, drives her home. It's, they have kind of a sweet moment where he asks if they can be friends. Yeah, and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's just yeah. like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> um, okay, I want to read this quote just for more background because I have it here. Um, it goes along with the one I read before. It's also on page 16. So this is Asa talking about her parents' um, relationships, basically, uh, and kind of what she grew up, the model she grew up under, which is why she's very dubious about dating or friends even. My parents constantly broke up and got back together when my mom's relationships with his uh, with other men and that inevitably turned sour, which is like like your mom's not only going from man to man, but she's going from man to your dad to a man to your dad. To, right. And uh, my dad watched his musical talent float away in favor of partying while well, they were really young. My aunt and uncle stayed here fighting for years until they finally divorced not too long ago. Evie and I are broken in so many similar ways, but her life was just so vastly different than mine. So maybe it was me who was the problem. So Asa internalizes. Evie externalizes. Asa mm -hmm. internalizes. It's and that I relate to, and that's why I'm Asa. That's the one that I relate to more. Um, I, my background and my history. My mom's amazing. She taught preschool for forty years. Nothing like her mom, but taking things inward because of trauma totally relate to that. 
I don't know why I keep putting my phone down. I need it. <laughs> it's my notes. Uh, part of the reason that Asa is very, very not interested in knowing her dad is that he almost got her. He almost killed her driving drunk yep. when she was 12, right? Uh, 12 or 13. Yeah. yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And uh, so because of that, she has a scar on her eye that she covers with her hair which is how she expresses herself. Hello, me and you. Red hair <laughs> yep. much. Hers is pink, but I at okay. 15. She, yeah, she, she really likes makeup. She gets into makeup because of trying to cover up her cover up, star. Yeah. Yep. And she gets into drawing, as we said in the interview, because it's cheap. Because <laughs> yeah. it's something you can do. And, they, it's transpor- it's, and it's transportive. You take yourself mm-hmm. away. It's like actually amazing mindfulness technique, you know? Right. She did it. She figured that out without realizing what she was figuring out um right so they go to this party and riley um freaks out at the fact that when evie's there waiting for him she is approached by one of her old friends's brother who goes to school at the university right right it's just and they're just chatting okay so can i just say this uh when before i get back to uh the red flags i just found this note so um asa in the car with neary i have some quotes from that um and first thing i wrote was after this quote uh she tells neary i was there with a few friends they ditched me to get action i reply not realizing until now that i'm hurt i mean i knew that evie was going there to meet up with some guy but to leave me all alone like that without even telling me and I wrote, seriously, never okay. These girls don't know how to be friends. <laughs> I was so yeah. mad. I was like, no, you, no, that's you your cousin. with your friends. Psycho. Yes. Yeah, she's going to get, you know, I don't want to say any triggering mm-hmm. words, but you know what can happen. Mm-hmm. Frat guys are not cool. Not cool. If there's any frat people listening, I don't mean you. It's just in general. I think if you're a frat guy listening to this, you're probably not. <laughs> Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> probably not a bad guy. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> or you're just really, really confused. <laughs> um, okay. And so, okay. So this is when, so the conversation you alluded to in the car that they're having about, well, why can we be friends? Why can't we even be friends? Like, cause she's sort of calling it. She's like, okay, like it's kind of flirty and I'm liking that. So I have to shut it down. And I wrote, she's, it's all self-protection and avoidance and it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy but she knows nothing different like she was literally ripped out of her last school with mm-hmm. when she liked a guy there it's like i understand that why make friends if you're gonna lose them and i'm sure you can speak to that because you wrote this but also because you're you moved around a lot yeah right? it's it's really hard to make those connections when you know especially i grew up um on army bases so all my friends were in the army too Right. So I didn't, I never had a Weird. friend for, you know, more than a year. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was even less because everybody was always picking up Moving. and leaving. Yeah. So hard. I mean, I, no, no blame to anybody, but like, geez, I, it, I lived in the same house my whole life. My parents still live there. I can't, it's so radically different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he says to her, you know, after she kind of explains her situation, I could be gone tomorrow. He says, that doesn't mean you should be afraid to make any connections at all. I mean, everything is pretty uncertain from day to day. 
Always thinking about the next thing is going to make you lose out on everything around you. So when he first said that, I was like, okay, he just doesn't get it, right? Because I so identify with Asa. But as we get to know him as a character, he's actually being quite philo philosophical. He's not just saying, be my friend. He's like, you have to live life. Like, you just have mm -hmm. to live it. It's going to be painful when painful things happen. But it's not going to benefit you to not live your life, which is true. He's very... But the fact that he says it in a way that it's able to be misunderstood is more realistic because right. he's a boy and well, he's a and teenager. He, he kind of is. He kind of does that where he doesn't really get it. But no, has, I mean, and he does have. He's like me. Uh, he well, but he does have like his his mother, who he's really cl close with, kind of explain to him why why she would feel that way. Why someone yeah. when, that has lived in the same town their whole life and knows everyone and everyone yeah. knows him. Why. That it would be irritating. Sense. It's, yeah. It borders on mansplaining, <laughs> but 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 he's coming from a good place, um, and I just like that when she walked out, he's like, "I just you know, don't you want to make a connection, or don't you want to make connections or something?" And she's like, "All right, thanks for the connection." <laughs> she gets out of the car. <laughs> like I actually, I, I'm gonna give that one two emojis. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Two crying face emojis because it's just a good, like, I would have just been like, uh, sure. But she's like, thanks for the connection. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> oh, peace. Which I could imagine you doing, by the way. Um, I'm a little rude, too. <laughs> it's not even rude. It's because I wrote he's being pushy. I didn't think he's it was rude at all. Pushy. Yeah. He likes her. He's not like a creep, but we all mess up um and then we get to you know the morning after and evie felicity went to hang She's, out with the, the friends yeah she just found some people that she liked she doesn't yeah. really um she doesn't i mean Floater. she's she's different at her school in her town she's the only out lesbian at her school Can i say out because we don't know yeah. of course of course can we do i think this is a good time to do um casting call okay Time to meet the cast, if they existed. Okay, are you ready to hear it? Yes. Okay, I wrote it down. Let's go to my notes. All right. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I'm for some reason, I just watched uh, Home for the Holidays, which is a really bizarre movie from the 80s with Holly Hunter in it. And so to meet... I've never heard of that. Holly, <laughs> it, it's not, it's weird. Tolly, Talia, is Holly Hunter, like a younger Holly Hunter. Just the frenetic energy. I can see that, yeah. The, the way she speaks. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do about that. Like, I can't do it. But um, I just, it worked for yeah. me. Um, my, you know, therapy, with therapy sessions, mm -hmm. I, you know, I have to learn to tone it down in my real life. Right. So that, you know, I, you know sometimes I think it, I might be a little hard to take. Nathan, who we haven't had talked about yet, Nathan, the neighbor, who like their probs going to end up together. I don't know. I haven't read the second book. Don't spoil it for me. But they should end up together. That, uh, is, uh, Evie's mom and him. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Evie's mom. <laughs> Talia. Tally. Not. They, they're friends. The they're friends from high school. He now teaches at science at the middle school. Right. So he's Nathan Fillion, who I love. I don't care who tries to cancel him for being rude at Comic-Con. In you my mind, like he was more of a of a Bon Jovi type. Bon 
similar. <laughs> I would say that's yeah. similar vibes. Kind of like like cool, a pretty, pretty, but like, pretty, he could but be like a dorky dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't go a different direction and make it like Lizzie McGuire's dad or something. Um, Blake, the creep that we meet later, don't worry, you'll hear about it, is Chad Michael Murray, because you described him as having a sandy hair and beard, and that's <laughs> the only person I could think of that wasn't somebody I, I know, and I didn't want to picture that person. I hadn't really thought about anyone that could play any of these people, but once I started to, because of because of you in this segment (laughs) i kind of pictured him as Jax from sons of anarchy i don't remember his name yeah so like a dirtier scruffier version yes but i i think but chad michael murray i think a chad michael could pull it off he could totally be a creep i mean in freaky friday he's kind of like gross and grungy yeah grungy he's kind of weird but yeah yeah he could totally play a creep. He probably does on something. Um, okay, so this is kind of ironic or just a coincidental, but specifically the this role. It's not this actress any any other time, but specifically in this role. Ilana, the irresponsible young mother who sucks, is Charlize Theron in Young Adult. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love I was that. Inspired. So, because she's a mess. Imagine that character. It's a great I'm best movie. from the Midwest. A mess from the Midwest. And imagine <laughs> that, that, that should character. be my name. Mavis? What? Are you, are you okay? I'll be fine if I can get a real drink around here. <laughs> Having a child. It's basically if that, <laughs> it's basically if, that was funny. It's basically as if that character had a baby at 18. Yeah. And it's crazy because in that movie, she lost a baby at 18. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what if it's this alternate universe where she had a sister (laughs) so anyway and she doesn't to me in my eyes she never redeems herself so i was comfortable with that (laughs) okay casey you are asa but also amber tamblin is asa i love amber tamblin i'm a big fan yeah she's i i do too i never saw that but i i am i hadn't really thought about it but that is a really cute call. I, I think like you that. have Amber Tamlin vibes. Like you really do. <laughs> and Amber Tamlin would totally pull off a line like, thanks for the connection. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's super true. And she had blue hair in traveling pants, which we are, oh, traveling pants. We have to cover that. Yep. I oh, have it man. on the list. Oh, you're the best. Okay. So yeah. So we know she can rock a, a hair color. Um, she's just taller than you. <laughs> Okay, um, Evie, I never really settled on. I'm going to be honest, it was hard. But the closest I got to was Rachel McAdams in The Notebook. Like, young, kind of fierce, but also vulnerable Rachel McAdams. But also, I was picturing someone that went to my high school named Rachel. So, But, but that person kind of looks <laughs> like Rachel McAdams. Very, And it's a very nice, wholesome person, you know? Mm-hmm. Very um, girl next door, kind of. Yeah. Okay, so this one I think you're you're gonna take issue with most. Neri. Uh Bra- no, we're gonna f- solve this. Brazilian actors. Robert De Niro. There we go. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's an interesting pick. <laughs> uh let's see. Well there oh. oh my god, these guys are gorgeous. Gonna go down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> um I'm gonna share my screen with you and you can tell me what you think <laughs> and then i'll find his name could this be neary no too know. chiseled 
too chiseled. Okay. Well, then I don't know that guy's name anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to, let's see. Art are there articles? There we go. IMDb. 50 top Brazilian actors. This is research. Okay. <laughs> if there's no pit. Okay. Um, these are all old men. <laughs> I think that he is not casted yet. <laughs> Here we go. Jorge Doria. I'm just kidding. Born in 1920. Okay. Um, yeah. TB TBC on that. Moving on. <laughs> um ben okay just if i'm tell me features for ben ben has that um, is ben, ben is tall short ben is tall okay hair uh, is hair is like a chestnut uh it's a little shaggy okay okay is he um, from brazil he's not no he is white okay okay, okay. then he's maddie from awkward Do you I know what I'm talking like, about? Yeah, but I feel like Maddie's too much of a jock. But it's looking not the character. Guy. No, no, I know, but like the guy is like a jockey looking. I guy. think he has range. I think that guy's a good actor. Matthew McKibben. Here we go. Look at this guy. He could be a musician. Hold on. I mean, they styled him a certain way, you know? Okay. And that exact picture maybe <laughs> talking actors man I'm not talking characters all right well first i was gonna have him be jake but jake has uh blonde hair okay so okay so for zoe i kind of imagined uh barbie ferrera 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 barbie ferrera Sorry, Barbie. She's gorgeous and she's plus size and she deaf has an attitude in mm -hmm. um, euphoria. I, but, yeah, I saw her in uh, Unpregnant, I think it's called, and she was really good in that. Oh. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. I don't. Oh, okay. Nathan, I already said. Okay. Are you ready for Al? He's Bob from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Oh, he's so Bob from Foster. <laughs> I knew it. I love it. Wait, so who's supposed to be Brazilian? The dad or the mom? Yeah, he's Brazilian. Okay, he's, well, he's yeah, a so they're Brazilian half Bob. Because the mom is the mom from Boy Meets World. Lina. Oh, I like that. Just like one of those moms that you were like, she can handle anything. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I also thought of my mom's friend, Kathy, but you don't <laughs> know her. So that's not as impactful. <laughs> Cast it as Lena, my mom's friend. Kathy. <laughs> that's what i mean like this is not about making a movie okay <laughs> i mean i would love for you to make this a movie but I, this isn't these aren't my actual i mean holly hunter is far too old at this point she's beautiful and vivacious but she can't play a young like a mom to a teenager um and finally felicity are you ready for this mm -hmm. lizzie kaplan Ooh, i like that a lot great Okay, I just thought with the buzz cut on the side, and Lizzie Kaplan can have so many different attitudes. It's not even funny, um, mm -hmm. and I could she could totally play a lesbian. In Mean Girls, they kept calling her one. <laughs> just kidding, that was not okay, guys. That was a joke. No one should ever use being gay as an insult um, because it's not okay. So we're done with that, and I'm gonna take a little break here—not a break from the podcast, but I'm gonna interject. 
because um, one of the very special things about Asa that that uh, she shares in common with Casey is that she has tattoos and they are celestially inspired. And I believe she has a phases of the moon tattoo. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously this is an all ages podcast and I do not promote underage drinking. So this is only for the listeners who are over 21, 21 or over, but um, I couldn't help but pick out this wine that I found to kind of pair it with it. And I'll post it on the, on the website and on Instagram and Casey, you can post it as well. I sent you the picture um, when this airs, but it's, I, I couldn't resist. Um, it's called seven moons and the label is literally all the phases Love of the moon. Um, I'm going to figure out a way to send you one. <laughs> I don't know how you ship wine, but I'll do it. Um, and it is seven moons rosé and it's from Napa, which is near me. I'm, I'm like, I don't know, like 45 minutes away from Napa. Actually, it's where my sister's boyfriend lives. I wonder if he's ever been to this place. Uh, notes of strawberry, white peach, grapefruit, r- rose petals, honeydew, nectarine, and watermelon. And tea. for the teen listeners, or for those that are under 21, I have paired it with a nice giant can of Diet Coke. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, girl, hey. hey. Also an homage to the book because we talk about it a lot. Because Casey loves Diet Coke. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I, mean, I love because for me, it was Diet Pepsi all, all through high school. It was Diet Pepsi, baby. My friends and I are obsessed with Diet We just drink it all the time. <laughs> all right. Make sure you tune in for part two coming up soon. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Just let's bear